Grace and mercy and peace to you today from God our Father, from our Savior Jesus too. To all of you who are here at St. Paul, to all of you who are worshiping from home or, or elsewhere, uh, God's grace to you today. They came up with a name for it. Uh, I just heard it's called doom scrolling. I don't know if you've heard of that, but you probably know what it's like. The scrolling part is that people with their phones in their pockets now, they have this urge to pull out their phone and find out what's been going on in the world, and you scroll through Facebook or the news feed or TikTok or whatever it is you scroll through. The doom part is, as people scroll through, it's often one thing after another of all this horrible bad news that makes people afraid. Now, if I'm describing you, I, I, I guess I do my share of doom scrolling, maybe, maybe you do too, but maybe for you, you don't have a phone in your pocket that you're always pulling out and scrolling on. But maybe for you, it's the news feed on TV that just never stops. Maybe it's you've got these thoughts bouncing around in your head that just never go away, uh, being scared. And the, the problem with doom scrolling, this was part of an article I read, is people, they'll check their phone right away when they get up in the morning, they'll scroll through it. And during the day, they'll pull out their phone and scroll through it. And the last thing they do before they go to bed at night is to pull out their phone and scroll through it. And the result is there are people who, from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to sleep, are surrounded by things that make them afraid. And you probably know what fear can do to a person. It's one thing to be scared for a day, but when it's been three months of that, or a lifetime of living in fear, that really gets to people. You could probably make a list of all the effects of fear. The one today that I'm going to focus on is how fear can paralyze you. That if your whole life you're surrounded by all these things that are wrong and you feel like there's no way life can ever, these can be ever be fixed, it's easy then, rather than getting out there and being active with whatever it is you need to do, to just freeze and shut down and be paralyzed by that, by that fear. And then today we come to God's Word and all the readings, and we're going to look at what Jesus says today, deal with, with fear. And Jesus' day, in one sentence he'll say, don't be afraid, but the very next sentence he'll say, do be afraid. So it's not like you should never be afraid or always be afraid. Jesus today walks us through what is it that we should be afraid of, what is it we don't need to be afraid of in Matthew chapter 10. So you heard it all before. It was up on the screens. I'm not going to read the whole thing now. But as much as you can, remember back to what you heard and let me walk you through it again. Uh, let me start out with a verse that was in the middle of the section. Jesus said this, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. A couple of things are worth noting there. One is that fear is always because something could hurt you. And I suppose that's why heaven, there'll be no more fears because nothing could, could hurt us there. This side of heaven, there are all kinds of things all around us that could hurt our body or that could hurt our our soul. In, in a way, I suppose you could say that fear then is healthy if it, if it makes you cautious around danger. If, if you feel afraid on the edge of a thousand foot cliff, that's, that's probably good, right? Or I have a fear about messing with any electrical in my, in my panel down in the basement. I, I don't touch that stuff. That's probably good for me. Um, but you know how that fear also can uh, can paralyze. So that, that fear is that something could harm me. But then Jesus says, as you look through all the things in life that could harm you, he makes two categories. On the one side is 
things that could harm your physical body and life. On the other side are things that could hurt your soul. And if I'd ask you to pause for a second and, and run through all the things that have made you afraid lately, how many of them are things with this life here, this physical world, how many of the things are, are spiritual? I think for myself, honestly, most of the things that make me afraid have to do with, with my body and, and, and this life, things that could go wrong in this world. Jesus actually says the greater fear ought to be on the other side of, of things that could hurt your soul. And, and he gives an example here. Matthew chapter 10 is not about every fear you could ever face. What it's about is the fear about going out and speaking God's word to people who might not want to hear it. So the setting is Jesus is sending out his 12 disciples and he tells them up front, not everybody is going to like you. In fact, there are going to be people who hate you, who persecute you because of what you say. Jesus says, people call me Beelzebul, which was a name they would give to Satan. So Jesus says, if people call me that, what do you think they're going to call you who go out in my name? So if they were naive and thought going out and speaking for Jesus was going to be easy, Jesus says, no, a lot of people are going to hate you, even try to kill you because of me. And that fear then could, could paralyze them. You could see how that could happen, right? If that's what's going to be the response, then maybe I won't say, say anything. And Jesus actually says that of all the fears in the world, bodily fears, spiritual fears, Jesus says, don't be afraid of those who could kill your body. Be afraid of the one who has power over both soul and body forever in heaven or hell. That Think of this. If you're going to be afraid, think of standing before God and him disowning that he ever knew you. Because if you jump ahead to the end, Jesus gives this warning. Whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Now, you could probably imagine how that would work for the disciples. Let me bring it more to our, our time today. There are applications outside the church, I think, in our world. We have to be ready, not always, for the message of Christianity to be received with joy. There are people who, who don't want to hear it. But let me give an example within, within the Christian church about me as a pastor. Let's say there's a time when I need to say something from God's word to one of you, and it's something that you don't want to hear. Now, part of the problem there is it's me wanting you to like me. And I don't know if you know that about me or about pastors in general, but in general, pastors like it if, if people like them. <laughs> you might be the same way yourself, too. Uh, so imagine now if I, as a pastor, know I need to say something to you, and it's the exact opposite, that you're going to hate what I have to say, but it's a message from God. What could happen? I suppose you might get really, really angry and blow up either in person or you might wait and send me a really nasty email or phone call later on or, or maybe it'll be the other way that you get super passive aggressive at me and just refuse to talk to me ever again or you stop coming to church. Uh, but what would Jesus say to me as a pastor? He would say, even if people wanted to kill me for what I was saying, if it was God's word and truth, I shouldn't be afraid of what would happen to my, my body. What I should fear as a pastor would be that there'd be a day where I would stand before the God who made me and saved me and he would disown me because I have disowned him by being ashamed of him and his word 
so much that I was afraid of others and never said the truth of what he had given me to say as a pastor. Could you imagine that scenario? How horrible would that be? And now I know that's not just for me or for pastors in general. I know there are those of you who that is very much a fear that you have in your life too. A fear that if you really do share and confess your faith, if, if, if there are others who do not want to hear that message, what's going to happen to you and your relationships? That fear could paralyze your witness about Jesus Christ. And so one thing that this section brings out for me today is that even though bodily things and spiritual things are separate, it's true you've got a soul and a body, you can never completely divide the two of them. Because God created you and me with a body and a soul. And it's possible for fears about physical things in this world to paralyze you spiritually, whether that's your confession of faith, it might even be your very trust in God could be damaged or destroyed by those fears, that physical fears in this life can actually hurt your soul. So, what's the answer? It is God's grace and his love and the things that he's done for us in Christ Jesus. And that's very much here in Matthew chapter 10 as well. After the sermon, we're going to confess our faith in the Apostles' Creed. He'd say, what did God do for me? God the Father created me and takes care of me. God the Son redeemed me. The Holy Spirit's at work inside of us and in the Christian church. And there are echoes of all of that here in Matthew chapter 10. So with physical fears, the answer is... God the Father cares for us. With spiritual fear, it's Jesus Christ died for us. The Holy Spirit's at work inside of us. So God says, I will be the one to take away those fears so they don't have to, to paralyze you. They don't have to destroy your faith or damage your soul. So Jesus said this. This is verses 29 to 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your Father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Those are words that have always stuck with me. And whenever I see a dead bird lying outside on the sidewalk or someplace, it always comes to mind, I think, that bird wasn't outside God's care either. That for a bird to fall to the ground and die, God says, that's okay. According to his good and gracious plan, and if there are birds that fly around and they don't fall out of the sky, that's not, just, that's not just coincidence or the way things are. God's the one who keeps them up. And Jesus says to you and me, God cares about you way more than he cares about the birds. You see a dead bird on the ground, does anybody really mourn? I suppose there's a sadness at any death in this world, but Jesus says, back in his time, you could buy two of them for a penny. But God said, looking at you and me, he loved you so much, he would give his son for us. And so the God who takes care of the birds is going to take care of you. And on top of that, God's, Jesus says, your Father in heaven knows how many hairs or lack of hairs there are on, on the top of your head. And if God knows every detail about that, and he's the one who loves you and cares for you, do you need to be afraid of things that could hurt your body? Jesus says, says no. So to his disciples... Should that paralyze them that they could, could
could face physical harm. Jesus says, no, your father's taking care of you. And on, on the spiritual side, is it true that we're going to stand before God someday and to have God disown us would be just about the worst thing that could ever happen? Yes. And you and I need to take that warning seriously. But just before that, Jesus also said this, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father For you and me, as we confess our faith in Jesus, our Savior, that's, that's not us who get the credit. It's God's Holy Spirit has been at work in us, creating that faith in our hearts. And as we then confess that faith, worked by the Spirit in us, to others around us in this world, Jesus promises this, that on that day when you and I stand before God in heaven, He's going to say, I know And that counts for something. Because this is none other than the Son of God himself who lived for you, who died on the cross and took away all your sins, who rose from the dead, who is now at the right hand of God in glory. Jesus is going to speak up on that day and say, I know, I know you. And so that day, rather than being a day to fear, is going to be a day of forgiveness and the first day of life forever. And so for you and me today, I, I mentioned a while ago in the sermon that physical fears in this world, they can hurt our spiritual faith. But the reverse is also true. When you in faith hold on to Christ and trust in him, that spiritual confidence you have can then flow back into your physical life as you face all these dangers and threats all around you. And so my prayer for you today is that no matter how much you scroll through your phone or have the news on or how much your own thoughts bounce around in your head, that you would not be overcome and paralyzed by fear. And what's the answer to fear? It's, it's not to just ignore it or say that scary things don't exist, because they do. It also doesn't mean going out and charging out and not being careful or caring about anything. I, uh, the whole Nass family, so my parents and my siblings and I and all our families, we've had a trip planned for a whole year to go to North Carolina to the beach in August. Been wrestling with, do we go, do we not? Yesterday we made the call, we're not going to go. Hopefully we'll still get together. And I, I say this not to get your pity this morning. Some people have the first service, but we feel so bad for you. I, I just give an example of being a Christian does not mean you say, I don't care about being safe. I don't care about following what people would say is, is good to try not to get sick. Yeah, the, the answer to, to all the dangers around us is not to ignore them or pretend they don't exist. The answer instead is to trust, to trust God through them. If God takes care of all the birds, if he knows how many hairs are on my head, will he take care of me today too? The answer is... Yeah, he will. And so no matter what's on your list of physical fears in this world today, to go through them one by one and to know that God has you in his hands and in his care. Are you still going to make choices to stay safe? Yeah. But I'm praying that in the end your trust is rooted in the fact that God loves you and cares for you so you don't have to be paralyzed by fear. And on the spiritual side, 
if Jesus Christ died for you and the Holy Spirit has worked trust in your heart that you hold on to him, then on the last day when you stand before God, you've got heaven coming forever and ever, then there's no reason to be afraid there, there either. That like that psalm verse said I shared during the kids, kids' message, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. And so then, even though we are surrounded by many things that could make us afraid, both for our bodies and for our souls, that rather than being paralyzed and having our confession die on our lips or our actions die in our lives, that instead, God fills us with a confidence as we speak, that as we speak his word, we don't, we're not afraid. And as we live our lives, we're not afraid either. We trust in him. Let's rise. May the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen.